So there is no secret. I I do live in Carmel, Indiana, which is often uh, said to be a very obnoxious place. <laughs> I don't know how to say it other than that. It's lovely. It's nice. There's nice things going on. Uh, the people are, are sometimes nice too. Uh, but every once in a while, uh, there is uh, something that, that one would deem very caramel. Uh, I believe, uh, hey, Kristen, uh, bringing you the show here. There, uh, Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Occasionally. I mean, I get the premise. So is Carmel said to be like Eagleton? Is that the, is that the oh, thing? I, I'm not that well okay, versed. So I think okay. that's the case. Okay. All right. So I had the most Carmel moment the other day taking young Theodore to school. Good morning, Andy, Jason, Rick Swing. Dame will be here in just a second. He's having technical difficulties because he lives in Swanee. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, so uh, I'm going through the carpool lane. If you've ever taken your kid to school in a carpool lane, you know uh, it's an entire vibe. Kristen, I'm not sure you understand that in your stage of life right now. In my stage of life, I cannot appreciate the car rider line. No. It is. Uh, it is a, there are rules. There is passive aggressiveness. <laughs> there is early morning anger. Hello, Rochelle. And so on uh, whatever morning this week, I'm taking Theodore. Uh, there's two lanes, okay? And then they got it. You get in the lanes and then you take turns merging into one point. But sometimes there's not enough cars to have two lanes. So it's just one lane. It's a straight shot. And you don't pull out on the left because that's considered uncouth. Okay. So the, the lane in for the, is just one lane. There's cars in front of me. And in the middle of the chute, if you will, there's a pretty big speed bump okay. to slow you down from killing kids because you don't want to kill the kid. Good. Uh, so... We're coming up, we're coming up, we, we pull in the space, and all of a sudden, before Ted and I know it, we are upon the cars that were way up in front of us. There is an issue at oh, the speed bump. Yes. There is an issue at the speed bump. Dame, uh, we bring you into the show. I'm just telling you the most caramel story ever. Uh, carpool lane, uh, there's an issue at the speed bump. I, I crane my neck to the side and notice that someone is driving a Ferrari or some. Dame, you know how I am with cars. Some very <laughs> exotic car with very low clearance. Mm. And they're going over the speed bump at a speed similar to how Claymation is filmed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and it is slowing. It's like messing up the entire carpool because someone decided to drive their exotic car to school and, and drive their kid to school. So anyway, that was the most caramel moment of the week. They, uh, they needed a front axle lift and to approach at an angle at that speed bump to, in order to traverse it successfully. I will be binging what you just said later to figure out what that means. Uh, welcome, Dan. Good morning. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time live stream guest. Oh, welcome. guess what, Dan? You're going to regret that decision. <laughs> uh, Dame, you and I have, over the years, talked about strange and, and fortuitous celebrity encounters mm -hmm. where you just find yourself in this just crazy situation. Uh, a couple of mine are uh, shooting craps with vanilla ice in Vegas and riding in an elevator with P Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, the accused, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Dame, you, you have, I know you have a very significant one, right? Do I? I feel like you do. You want to remind me of that? I don't know. I feel like you do. Well, I had another one this week. Well, tell me about that. I'll, I'll try and figure mine out. And the weird thing was this incredible celebrity encounter, not only did I find myself with that individual, but dining with them at a dinner table. 
in Carmel, Indiana. Uh, uh, go on. Media darling Kristen Alanius and I had dinner this week in Carmel, Indiana. No, shut up. Did you get an autograph? The people were fawning. Yeah, uh, it was pretty impressive to be able to to break bread with uh, media darling uh, Kristen Alanius. Hello, Caitlin. Hello, Danza. Uh, yeah, we had a good time. We had dinner. Uh, anything weird happened during our dinner that, that's worth noting? Other than when you show up, I'm drink, drinking a non-alcoholic Heineken, which is a pretty cool move. Yeah, I definitely thought that you were like, dry January's over. I pointed to the beer. I was like, oh, my. And you're like, no, no, no. I just didn't want to waste breaking the seal on a 5 p.m. dinner. You know what I mean? That's they, uh, fair. Do they serve non-alcoholic beer at McAllister's? Because I'm assuming that's where you went. That's a good That's a good point. Uh, Dame, how you doing? How was your week? Uh, it's been fast. It's gone really, really fast for whatever reason this week. But well, uh, yeah, you have that. That is not a shared experience for me this week. <laughs> the, January, I want to say, was, um, and I, I've done some research here, the longest month in the history of the world, January of 2024. It was well, so long. Good news. Yeah. You can replicate that in February with the extra day. Oh, I know. Um, kids, today on the show, we've got a, a listener email. Hello, Chris. Happy Groundhog's Day. That's what... Uh, that's, that's the life in a, a startup, a software company, as Groundhog's Day. Uh, we've got uh, an email. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about doom spending, which mm -hmm. is sort of like stress eating as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And then uh, a starter emergency fund. Is that? Am I capturing this correct, Kristen? Yes, you did. That's correct this time, yeah. Well, don't <laughs> worry. Dame, I'll still mess it up. <laughs> uh, we did receive uh, various types of correspondence over the week of people running broker checks. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> Kristen, you ran a few broker checks uh, that I we did. won't talk about. I did, yeah. Just uh, it just like speaks to my inner sleuth. I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. We found we found some things. Uh, my Indianapolis Business Journal column. That is a massive one on broker checks comes out at 2 p.m. today, Friday, the second. So I anticipate a uh, an interesting next week or so. Little Spence 49 makes it in. <sighs> oh, man. Hi, little Spence 49. Welcome. How, where do we arrive on the 49? He's not 49 years old because then he'd have to change it all the time. And he wasn't born in 1949. Did we go with like a football number uh -oh. or 49ers no? fan? Ooh, yeah. 49ers fan, or there were 48 other Lil Spences. Spences yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to start the show? Spose. Spose. <clears throat> yeah, all right. Do, 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 do. Okay, let's do a roll. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show. We answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us at askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com, and here's what you may get. Nothing. Silence. I may not reply to you. Or we will answer your email question on the air. Joining me, as always, is Kristen Alanius from Your Money Line. Hello. Hello. Damien Dunn from Your Money Line. No relation. Hello. Good day. And by no relation, I mean not related to me, not, no. not related to Kristen, but also... Not related to Kristen. <laughs> it's sort of fun. Um, we got an email at askpeteplanner.com, which I'm going to share with my worded breath right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
that seems like it's a thing, right? Sure. I don't know. Um, looking for it. Here it is. Hello, Pete and team. Ooh, Kristen, still my show. Uh, as a frequent listener of your show, I want to ask a question regarding. Can I get a timeout already? Is it we? Is it a, is it really a frequent listener to the show if they address it to me? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it would have gone to you. Mm-hmm. you. Yeah, because the running joke is to call it everything but the Pete the Planner show. <laughs> Patricia, yeah. and come on, get your life together. Anyway, I want to ask a question regarding investing and or designating a specific fund or utilizing 0% 12 months credit on personal appearance. I'm in. And by the way, I'm in. I mean, clearly I've not spent a dime on personal appearance. Dame, I did buy some uh, moisturizer though. Oh, very, very important for men our age. Is there a recommendation from you or your team? For instance, I feel it is important that I set a budget and annual allowance for clothing and shoes. However, what about grooming and maintenance, like changing the oral? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, kind of another time out. Yeah. I was presenting to a race team, uh, like an IndyCar team yesterday. Uh Yeah. And I was talking about, hey, you're my lad. We can help you with things that maybe you don't know. About. I was like, you know, for instance, I've never changed the oil on my car personally. <laughs> and then, and and the room went unimpressed. <laughs> the room went skeptical real fast. You've got like 70 high end, highest end mechanics you can find. And I'm like, I didn't change my oil. Like I lost all street cred. Could we potentially set up a challenge? To have you change a tire on an Indy car and and maybe uh, time it, benchmark it. I've changed a tire on a NASCAR. Have you? Yeah. That seems off brand. No, it was incredibly off brand. My had to hit all the lug nuts with the with the gun. Yeah, (laughs) very very good. Can you do that again? is there any value associated or is it worth it to make a financial uh, uh, considerations or utilize tools for personal appearance such as botox veneers laser corrective surgery or non-insurance covering cosmetic treatments i am a 52 year old i'm part of a market development sales team in a traditional corporate america environment currently i have a middle class standard of living 401k emergency funds mortgage and no outstanding debt other than a mortgage if i have extra money after paying off my bills and my retirement and vacation savings i either spend it on my small luxuries such as a concert or a sporting event ticket one or uh two nights out on the town with friends usually the extra money is between 200 to 500 please advise what do you what do you think about this i uh, i was given some really really good advice from Media darling Kristen Elanius, oh. once upon a time. Oh no. That I was not to question any money that was spent on uh the facial products for for the the, the women in my life. Uh anything. Just keep my mouth shut, nod, and move on. I uh, Pete, do you have a similar uh, approach in in your life? I was never given this advice, Dame. Uh, However, how, how has that worked out for you? Well, I, I've never been given the advice. However, I still agree with the advice. Like, uh, Kristen, I'm going to let you go. Have at it. Oh, can I say one thing? Of yeah. course. Okay, sure, well, sure, I mean, apparently. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, now it is thanks to the emailer. Years ago, 
I, uh, when I was doing a lot of TV, a mm -hmm. lot of TV, um, I'm trying to protect identities here. So, uh, I was talking to a, a person in the news business who frequently appeared on television. And this person, I mean, at the time was certainly older than Dame and I are now. Okay. Certainly older than Kristen. And the person said to me that everything changed with HD, with, with high definition sure. television in that line of work. And that, you know, the average person didn't understand how it actually felt cruel to, to put a person of a certain age in high definition on a television. And I never really consider that. I don't really think about cosmetic stuff like that a, a lot. Um, but that was, that was eye opening to me because it was like, yeah, you know, I never really thought about that way. Uh, and then genders certainly involved. And I try not to weigh in on things I don't particularly uh, understand that way. So Kristen, with that, uh, not helpful piece of context, <laughs> Do you think someone should take out a, a loan for the, their face? I think if it's 0% interest and you're doing the right things, then why not? I do think that it's a slippery slope and I think you can quickly become the kind of person who can't utilize a 0% offer responsibly. And I think in different interest rate environments, it makes more sense than others. But if you're doing it responsibly and the difference is being spent or saved rather in a four and a half percent yield savings account, I don't have a problem with this. Dave, here's where I go with this. Uh, 0% interest, 12 months. I don't know how much of these facey things cost. Um, but if if the extra money is going to everyday luxuries at two to 500, how will this person then find the money to make good on the 12 months, 0% interest? Yeah, or are I, they saying they're giving up the everyday luxuries? I, I think that's fair. You, you're going to have to figure out a way to, it's just like any other, you know, luxury spend or, or, um, anything else you're gonna spend money on in your life. It's money has to be there to pay for it. Uh, otherwise you are going to, that 0% is going to disappear. You're going to start paying interest on it. And I, I don't know, I, I would, it's hard for me to understand, uh, wanting to, <laughs> to, to go into to debt for, don't do it. Like don't that. do it. You, but you're, you're I understand. the line. I understand it could be very important, especially for uh, someone who is in sales, who feels like that may be a big part of, of uh, uh, their their approach, uh, as well as uh, maybe some societal pressures as well. Uh, so I, I'm i not going to cast judgment. I, just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it may not be a good approach, but I would tell someone to be very, very careful with how they choose to finance something like this. Because as Kristen said, it's not something that you want to uh, start a snowball effect on. Can I can I change the lens here for a second and just go man buying hair plugs? Can we just that go that was, route? This is exactly what was going through my mind for you and I specifically. Sure. Uh, it was like if if we had a chance to get a great deal on a new hair system or or plugs or whatever at zero percent interest for twelve months, would the, would the financing of it change anything for you and I in that in that respect, or is it more of just a this is who we are? Well, I've been in this situation. I was offered free hair plugs to, to endorse it on a billboard. $30,000, the Cadillac of hair seating. And I said, no, uh, thank you. And I don't regret it, 
but it, it is the same thing, honestly. I mean, this this con- th- that's where I want to make sure this conversation goes is to acknowledge this is not a, a gender specific problem. I think there's just you just have to change the lens a little bit. So I'll, I'll end here with this as we just had the fastest segment in show history. Um, I have no problem with it as long as it's fiscally responsible. I don't really care what you spend the money on. You could buy Bob Ross's art collection for all I care as long as it's fiscally responsible. And it's with that and the perplexed look on my co-host's face that I take a break. Host down. We'll be back after this. I'm Pete the Planner. Pete, there aren't enough hair plugs to save either you or I at this point in our lives. We would need all the hair plugs. Yeah, I, that would cost a fortune. I can't even imagine how much. Yeah, 30000 is. But then again, okay, so over the holiday, uh, this past whatever holiday, um, I sort of let my hair grow a little bit, mm-hmm. my beard grow, because I was, just, I was uh, unkempt, <laughs> which is a fun word to say. And uh, Dame, we got some, the field has got some uh, plane surface issues. <laughs> like it's, isn't that great? I, I was just, I, I, for some reason today, getting ready for the day, I thought, what if somebody challenged Pete and I to grow our hair for a month? Mm. Would would either of us do it at this point? Can he, uh, um, someone just ask, a, by someone, uh, I mean, Danza DeLuna, the legend, can't picture either of you with hair. You know what? I still can picture myself with hair. Dame, I assume you can still imagine yourself uh-huh. with hair. Sure. I'll tell you, I was at least two or three points more good looking with hair, but whatever. I don't care. I really don't. Uh, so we did get an email that I'm not going to read on the air, but I'll read here on this just the podcast. <laughs> uh, it's a very long one. So I'm just going to get to the chase. Someone ran a broker check last week uh, yeah. after the show. I think a lot of people did, honestly. Good. And uh, this person, uh, I do not personally use a financial advisor, but my wife's 76 year old father does long, long story short. This person had uh, inherited IRA from uh, his uh, wife's mother Mm -hmm. when she passed away. And the wife's father, his father-in-law, uses a financial advisor, the 76-year-old man. And so they, they, they let that advisor manage the inherited IRA for the emailer. And long story short, it's too late it did really poorly and then after our show last week they ran a broker check and a customer dispute was settled in 2021 for $150,000 for quote alleged excessive inappropriate unsuitable investments and outside the reasonable scope of appropriate diversification in quote and that's more or less what they felt they experienced in the moment so dame I believe this to be the tip of the iceberg of what's going to hit my inbox here in the next 10 days. Um, I, I'm very conflicted about this because I would love all the stories to hit your inbox. At the same time, I'm going to hate it because that means there are that many people out there that are potentially working with somebody who won't be working for their best interest. Yeah, Chris, and I've been thinking about this a lot, obviously, as we've been talking about it. I want all the stories to hit my inbox. I just don't want anyone's names because I'm not like I don't want... Like this person's email, they're like, let's just call the person Doug. And I was Love like, that. fine, call whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care to know who the person is. It's like this advisor, this room. I don't care about that. But mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting when people find these things. 
Yeah, that's fair. I do know a financial advisor with the first name of Doug. So my name, my, my mind immediately went there. Mine went to crypto, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the office uh, this past Monday, uh, this was a hot topic here at HQ1. Mm. And uh, in, in a, a meeting, people start running, <laughs> start running checks. Man, there were some disappointed faces. <laughs> oh, no. It got it got uncomfortable. It got uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> what what's this one? A doom spending? Sure. Okay, I'm just going to come up with an intro that may or may not capture what you're trying to capture. Typically. <laughs> Typically, uh, three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, Kristen. There is. The cultural movement <laughs> that people are feeling so much despair over their finances, the world at large, and everything going on in Brazil. That I'm just can't make that part out. I'll just pick the country. <laughs> Everything's fine, everybody. The Portuguese speaking folks of Brazil are fine. Uh, Kristen, people are throwing their hands up in the air and not just waving them like they don't care. They're doom spending. They're saying things are so bad. What's it really matter? I'm going to spend money like a sailor on leave, which as we've learned, it's not an accurate representation of how sailors spend. What is doom spending? Great question. So one of our colleagues sent me this article that I thought did a really great job that states that in the face of economic turbulence and political strife, why not enjoy the finer things in life, like a Chanel bag or fancy skincare products? That's what millennials and Gen Z think, at least. More than ever, younger generations are spending their savings on luxury goods, Bloomberg reported on Wednesday, known as, quote, doom spending, unquote. The act is practiced by... What do you want to guess what percent of millennials practice doom spending? Sure, but Dame, I feel like we're just about to guess wrong and offend millennials. But okay, then maybe don't. Are well, all different generations known it or just millennials? Um, millennials, Gen Z, and then compared to all Americans. Okay, yeah, we can do this. All right. Okay, so do, which one do you want to do first? All Americans? Yeah. What? Okay. okay. So what's the question at hand? What percentage of Americans spend more to deal with their qualms about the economy and foreign affairs? What does it matter whether they're having an affair with someone overseas or domestically? <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Um, I have a story at the break. Don't let <laughs> oh. me forget. <laughs> uh, Dame. What do you think? This is all Americans. All Americans. All Americans. First string or second, first or second team. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually funny. That's three weeks in a row. Dame's been funny. <laughs> three. Uh, all three. right. The pressure next week is going to be know. unbelievable. Um, I will say 32%. Oh, way over. Way over. Uh, I'm going. Self-reported. So yeah, probably. 71%. I, I thought you meant I was high. I, I thought, thought are I you high? Because I thought 71% of people spend money because of despair. It's actually 27%. Oh, come on. Now Bunch hold of, on. What percentage of Americans lie? hundred. <laughs> this was hey, this was uh credit karma's reporting. People didn't oh, self-report okay. this. Yeah, they're fine. So, okay. So knowing that that's our benchmark here, 27%, what percentage of millennials participate in doom spending? And then what percentage of Gen Z? 
maybe I just think like a millennial, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> All right, millennials, I'm going 41%. Gen Z, ah, I mean, they got a lot to hate. I'm going 57%. So 41 and 57 is where I'm coming in. Dame? I will go, uh, I was I was going to say 46 for, for millennials, uh, So, but I'll go ahead and say 46, and then I will say 52 for Gen Z. What do we got? 43 millennial, 35 Gen Z. Dude, I mean, this is, uh, anyway, so doom spending is just like saying, I, I, I'm just going to blow money and deal with the ramifications when uh, in the dystopian society that we live in after the whatever. Yeah, it's that they're there. Why would I worry? The world is just in such turmoil anyway. But OK, so you guys, the reason I found this so interesting and I don't think I've been on the show when we've talked about this, but I think the two of you have talked about the lipstick effect before. No, <laughs> I promise. Damon, I have not talked about the lipstick. Pete, effect. I can't count the number of times Pete and I sit around the office well, just no. talking about the latest shades that are okay now <laughs> that's you know dame means. i like a wet lip you know like i like to yeah. look like i yeah. Just, just yeah ran through a water factory as they're called one of us on the show is supposed to be an economist you know a, a skeptical economist <laughs> <laughs> what what is the lipstick effect so as I understand it, this is dangerous now because I am not our show economist. So this is just like what I've read about it. But it's the idea that when times are tough, Americans will still find the money to purchase smaller luxury goods known as the lipstick effect. So the idea is times are tough. So instead of purchasing a more expensive beer, I might purchase a cheap domestic beer. Or instead of my Starbucks or my Dutch Brothers coffee, I'm stopping at the gas station or at McDonald's. The reason I think it's interesting is because if the lipstick effect prevails, if that's how we tend to behave as a society, isn't doom spending the opposite of that? Interesting. You're just saying, like, what's it matter? It's isn't it YOLO? Are we not talking about YOLO, Mayor Hogsett? <laughs> Maybe a joke from a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I don't want to explain that joke. Please don't. I won't. Um, look, I stress eat. This is quite clear. I mean, this is just as obvious as the day is long. Is this just stress eating? I. It's it's stress eating, but at nicer places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just feels like you're just running off of a a bridge faster. I I don't know. I don't. Okay, Dame. When you're do you stress spend or, or do you like you, you know retail therapy? You go and shop and yeah. you feel better. I I I've been known. yeah absolutely. And the the bigger the stress, the more susceptible I am to it. I my dad passed away a number of years ago. I stress spent a lot at that point but you know there's you know the daily stuff that comes up uh, too that that can push you to to amazon or whatever is convenient this is just a way to um in my opinion this is a way to one distract yourself from whatever you are stressed about and two feel like you've got a little bit of control on, the, on whatever situation you're dealing with as well because you're spending money you are making decisions and consuming brain power and emotional power with anything other than what has got you all anxious. But I think the difference with doom spending is they're specifically making a call out to luxury 
products and mm. services. So is that different from, cause to me, when I think, okay, if we're comparing our physical and our financial health here, I feel like we're talking about that, like daily increase that, that, that stress reduction on a more frequent basis. They're quoting people who bought imitation Birkin bags and Chanel bags in this article. We're talking about one giant luxury purchase. And we're saying that this doesn't matter. So is it, is it the same? I'm confused now. They bought fake Birkin bags. Well, I mean, I don't know that anyone that I know can afford a real Birkin bag. (laughs) Well, 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 hold on though. Like if, if this is doom spending to say I'm buying luxury goods, that person isn't buying luxury goods. They want people to think they're buying luxury goods, which is a whole other issue. That's not doom spending. That is what, where I grew up called fronting. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They are fronting. (laughs) Some swap meet Louie. Yeah. I don't actually. Yes. I have never been to a swap meet, but I know this. This does not seem like a doomsday. This feels like people that just like I'm doing poorly. The world is not going well. Hey, everyone. In spite of that, look what I can afford, even though I can't. And I didn't. That doesn't seem like doom spending. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we just ridicule the person that sent you this article. And I'm comfortable doing that. <laughs> I'm not. It was very nice of them to do that. Well, I'll see him after this segment. I will take him out back. And Anyway, I don't mean take him to Outback to get the Aussie special. <sighs> mm, cheese fries. Okay. Coming up after the break, uh, starter emergency funds, I think is what we're talking. Chris, is that right? Yeah, just like that. Oh, neat. All right. So here in the Pizza Planet Show, we talk about money sometimes. And in the next nine minutes, we will talk about money some. Be there for that or not. It's your choice. I'm Pete the Planner. I'm sure our executive producer at the radio station will love that sign off. <laughs> Listen or don't. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> here comes some here comes some commercials. Turn the channel. <laughs> here are the people paying for this. Good luck. Oh, I did have a story. Um, Kristen, you may want to plug your ears on this one. Mm-hmm. It's pet related. Mm. Um, did I tell you about the billboard that I saw? Is in, it sad? Kristen, you might want to plug your ears on this one. <laughs> Dame, I was at a competition, cheer competition in Evansville, Indiana last weekend um, because I love my daughter very much. Mm. And let's just leave that part of the story there and move on to the story I want to tell. On the way home, we're grabbing a, a bite to eat there in Evansville mm-hmm. before we head up the road and head on home. And I'm in the drive through waiting for some food. And I look up and see a billboard uh, by a local veterinary clinic, a, a veterinarian, veterinarian. Do you struggle with that? Veteran. Any of you guys struggle with saying the word veterinarian? I say oh. veterinarian. Yeah. You say it wrong. <laughs> veterinarian. It's veterinarian. Yeah. Unless the billboard misspell it, which is also possible. <laughs> And there's a picture of a dachshund, a sweet-looking dachshund, laying its head on a woman's shoulder. 
and the dog looks pensive slash sad, hmm. but just peaceful and cute, but not like cutesy, just like, oh, but not like, oh, more of like a, oh, mm-hmm. do we know where I'm, I mean, you know what I mean? I think With I that, get it. I can kind of show you. Did uh, you my, take a picture of the billboard? Yeah, I took a picture of the billboard. You can't really see it. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I know the podcasters can't listen. It's sure. just a cute, oh. And the, the sign reads, <laughs> Kristen, plug your ears. <laughs> plug your ears. Tender goodbyes. In-home pet euthanasia. It's a billboard that they'll come to your house and kill your animal. And like innovative service. I'm just trying to get a butter burger from Culver's though. And I look up and there's a picture of a dachshund that says tender goodbyes in home pet euthanasia. Yeah. I, okay. There's a couple things going on. I, um, <clears throat> I told you, Chris, I'm, I'm fine with the service. I think it's great. Yeah, I think yeah, I would yeah. probably utilize that if there was something uh, around uh, my neck of the woods for that. But the location, I mean, you got to figure out your best medium to try and reach people. Um, I mean, it, it's got it's got us talking on a one top 1% podcast in the country. <laughs> I mean, so I guess maybe they succeeded. I'm not critical of the vet. And the vet's logo has a horse and then a dog on it. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is horse country where that service. Mm-hmm. I've told you my uncle was a equine vet. I, I This is a years ago story on the show. And I rode with him one day for his job just to see what it was like. And um, we went to one of his clients' house who had a horse. And, and the guy was like, Doc, I need you to put down my horse. And I turned to my uncle sort of under my breath. And I was like, I don't know what making fun of this horse is going to do for this guy. (laughs) Uh, Which wasn't appreciated by my uncle because he's like, no, this is serious. These people are really upset. But anyway, there's a horse on this billboard. There's a dog on this billboard. And then there's a small, tiny lap pet. And so, I don't know. Also, what made me think of this during that segment is you said foreign affairs, which is a turn of phrase. And what made me think of about is youth in Asia, (laughs) whether the youth are in Asia or Europe or Africa, I'm for them. right? And that's how we got here. (laughs) Your brain is very interesting, I think. That's why he's good at what he does. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. Um, That's why my wife doesn't talk to me. (laughs) Speaking of. Oh, <laughs> um, I got in trouble last night, Kristen, after you and I had dinner, mm. I went to, um, I went to uh, where my family was and my, my wife is wearing, uh, this beautiful necklace and then an- another necklace under it and then another necklace and it looked very nice. But it was like three, ne- it was like a look, you know, you got to look with a few different necklaces and I called her Mrs. T. I knew that's where this was going. And then for the rest of the night, I was like, I pity the fool. It doesn't change the channel. Oh, no. And then and then when the kids were going, he was like, eat your vegetables. And then like the like I was having a good time with it, but like the audience was had moved on from the joke because my kids had no idea what's going on. I'm literally just angering my partner. And then this morning. When it, when it all had glossed over, and I think everything is close to fine, 
I when my daughter's leaving for school, stay in school. <laughs> like that. And then it, I left the house and I, I think I'm in trouble right now. I don't know if I can go back home. <laughs> I think, uh, have some uh, random Russian guy come and change your locks while you're gone today. Is it the Schleg? Uh, Kristen, do you know who Mr. T is? No. Oh my gosh. <sighs> okay. I'm going to say three names and I want you to say what they have in common. You ready? Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. No. T, Clubber Lang, and B.A. Baracus. What do they have in common? They all starred in media before I was alive. They are all the same person. Oh. Dame. Awkward. Wow. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's no way she knew who Mr. T was. I don't know. I mean, he was he was pretty big culturally, and it might have slid into some of the. Okay, I don't. I have an. I the only knowledge of that is indirect because on Friends, Chandler made the "I pity the fool" joke once, but I don't get the context of that joke. So, like, that's that is my exposure. She doesn't watch movies, so the Rocky series would have been out. Nope. Uh, a team was probably not even in syndication by the time she was born. True, and he had—I mean, he he went completely dormant for a while. So it's possible she wouldn't have had any. Any? It's idea. not possible. It's true. It's true. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so I may not go home tonight. <laughs> That's where I'm going, <laughs> and I can't go to Evansville now. Yeah. Oh. Let's move on. Well, if you do, I wouldn't fall asleep financial things three two one i, I just hit play on my calculator <laughs> I, wait you I, hit play on your calculator i hit it all clear to start the segment <laughs> and that's play let me okay i'm sorry i didn't sleep much here we go three two one back on the pizza planner show sharp and crisp ready to solve your money challenges <laughs> sorry um, okay, Kristen, Pete. there's a lot of talk around the finance space Yeah, around emergency funds. Yeah. And, uh, what is a starter emergency fund? Like what is the, what is the lowest point you can, uh, live your life with your emergency fund at and still feel comfortable? Did I, did I capture the essence of what you're laying down? Yeah, absolutely. I've been, the backstory here is I've been watching a lot of other, finance creators here of late and an underlying theme is if you have debt that you need to pay off then start with some level of emergency savings then shift your focus exclusively back to that debt which is something that we talk to people all about at your money line is like a little bit of an emergency savings to start but then let's focus on especially high interest rate debt the discussion, I think, becomes interesting around what is that number? What is the starter number? I think we have to acknowledge that Dave Ramsey really put a flag in the ground around this topic yes. a couple decades ago. I think a couple decades ago, maybe 15 years ago, uh, with $1,000. Yep. That was his call, $1,000, which, let's be honest, is is arbitrary as $417. It's just arbitrary. It's just a round number. So 
Kristen, does it make sense to have that be the the starting point of the conversation because it is culturally relevant or are we going a different direction? Well, that's what I wanted to talk to the two of you about because I've seen a lot of pushback in different cre- – because whether they are – saying that that's why they make those recommendations. A lot of personal finance experts suggest $1,000 is a great starting point. And in so many comment sections and forums online, I see so many people making the argument that $1,000 isn't enough because life is just too expensive for $1,000 to be enough. And that's kind of what I wanted to unpack is – is $1,000 enough anymore? Or is that, to your point, arbitrary number? Is it also antiquated? Maybe later we, at the break, can we talk about creator versus expert? Because I I got stuck on that, unfortunately. Okay, yes. I'm cranky. Dame, go ahead and say real things. I, I, Kristen, according to what you said, one would be led to believe that $1,000 is the expected minimum for mm-hmm. a, whether we call a starter emergency fund or whole, I don't know, whatever it is, but $1,000 should be your starting target. Mm-hmm. You came to us and said, if you are actively working on paying off debt and you've got other goals, but you need to have that cushion there so that when life inevitably happens, you don't find yourself going backwards into additional debt. Get it. I think the amount of your starter fund needs to be related to the amount of debt you're able to pay off on a month to month basis, but additional, additional income. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, last part, slow it down and give me an example. Great. Glad you asked Pete. <laughs> Let's say uh, you are able to throw $500 extra a month at credit card debt, whatever's out there, whatever you're trying to eliminate. You've got $500 free cash flow that you are able to put towards eliminating debt on a month-to-month basis. I would suggest humbly to the two of you that if you have a high amount of free income, you could potentially get away with a smaller amount of emergency fund Because if something happens, you shut off paying off that debt and shift all of those resources towards the emergency for one, two, whatever months and maintain minimum payments on uh, the the other goals that you're working on. So if you've got uh, this just random thought, if you've got uh, $500 in free cash flow that you're putting towards uh, towards debts, maybe a $500 starter emergency fund is enough while you are aggressively paying off those debts. What say you two? I'm with you there, but it's going to, if it's $150 of free cash flow, that falls apart. Mm-hmm. If it's $2,000 a month of free cash flow, it definitely is amazing. But I don't know the use case of, of how realistic that is. But I, I agree with you in, in practice. Y'all, what <laughs> I was in Kentucky a couple weeks ago. Y'all, what, what credence should we pay to this idea, though? An emergency in itself is an immediate demand for money. So, it actually can't be so low that whatever's there doesn't help you, you know, an emergency vet service to your home or something like that. How do you, how do you account for that? If it's too low, it doesn't even solve the problem. My argument for that though, and where my head keeps going when I see these conversations is if I'm someone who's had a history of, outspending my income. And now I'm trying to work that backwards. 
if $1,000 maybe isn't enough or $500 or whatever the amount is, is it still okay because that, how do I want to say this? Having to leverage debt again, if I don't have enough saved for an emergency, is that it's still better than the place that I was in before. And I know I love to say that better than bad isn't good, but it's progress. No. Well, first of all, that's that logic is why Mrs. Planner did agree to marry me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to say one month's expenses. I really do. But I also know how unrealistic that is. Like that's just wildly unrealistic. Uh Oh, Kristen's got a face. Well, now I have another thought because we were talking about people who have, if you have $500 in free cash available versus someone who has like tons of discretionary income available to me, I almost think the person with tons of discretionary income available who needs to pay off unsecured or consumer debt is actually potentially more of a liability because if you have the money available and we're saying, well, then maybe you don't need as much in in an emergency fund. Have you proven your inability to manage those dollars effectively? Are you the one I'm actually pushing to have more in emergency savings? Dame, is it possible that the nuance and the complicated nature of this make rules of thumb silly? Yeah, I mean, are are we actually getting to the point where we are saying personal finance is indeed personal and your behavior and uh, is going to determine a lot of what makes the most sense for the individual? Yes. Yes, we are. You know, I don't want to go beyond finance here today uh, in this moment. Uh, I think there's a lot of cultural things where we try to find simplicity in the explanation and then we we become reductive in that nature. We, we say, well, it's this or it's that. Come on. But it's really complicated. <laughs> like it is like I, I will I will I will go just a, a financial but a step further. Look at the economy. Well, here's what you do. And it's like. It's actually more complicated than that. I'm not saying we don't need to do something different. And both sides, one side's going, this is what you do. The other one goes, no, this is what you do. And it's like, well, actually, you do neither of those things because it's really nuanced and complicated. And that's where I get, as the longer I've been a, I'm not calling myself a creator, Kristen, Uh uh, and a financial expert, the more I realize those big rules of do this, I'm putting it on a billboard, they don't actually help most people. Yeah, but people need need some sort of starting point. They need a dart on the board. And I think that's where these rules of thumb come into play is people are searching for where do I even begin? And at, I think to some degree, we have to be able to provide, here's a good idea. Here's a good starting point. Which is maybe how uh, Dave Ramsey came up with a thousand bucks because it's just a round number. What about this one? And I'll throw this out with a very little time left. That way, if you don't like it, you can't say anything about it. <laughs> what about one paycheck? Mm. Look at your boy. And you get paid once a month. Back to one a month. No, uh, <laughs> one paycheck. I mean, it, it, it's an interesting starting point for sure. Yeah, I, I, um, I think that's an interesting target for most people. One paycheck. Hmm. Kristen's going to find reasons to not like this and then slack them to me after the show. That's okay. Let's let's everyone calm down. I have a dumb waste of money this week. Yes. Dumb biggest waste of money this week. I don't know if it's entertaining or not, but that can be said about our entire show. In fact, I, I believe I read that on iTunes. All right. 
Coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week on the news right here from your creator. <laughs> no, beat the planner. <laughs> your creator. That makes me seem like God. <laughs> my, my, am I calling you God or dad? I'm not sure. Creator. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate the term creator. I, I love it. it. I mean, I don't, I'm not in the, the biblical sense, like in the, uh, I don't like it. Love it. No, I, it's like early on. I didn't love the word content. I came to accept it and acknowledge it. I creator. I, Dame. I, I mean, am I old man in it here? Where are you at? Yeah, I think you are old manning it uh, at this point. I, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's just how you view and apply, see the application of the word and you're one step away from a cane at this point. Andy, uh, I don't know what my uh, mobility has to do with this, but Andy asked an interesting question. She says, do I prefer creator or influencer? I, that's a great question. I prefer influencer. And really? I thought that was obnoxious. Yeah. Wow. No. I think creator is... You just film your hobby? I mean, what, what are we just filming our hobbies? Like, no. if I go into a liquor store, if on some chance I were to find myself in a liquor store and I just film myself on the wall of bourbon looking at different bourbon bottles and I put it on YouTube, that is, oh, uh, what do you do? Ah, well, you know, I'm working on, I'm a creator. That's That's nothing. That's literally nothing. You just filmed your hobby. That's an influencer. Yeah, but it's I mean, not an influence. You're not trying to influence. You're just creating content. It doesn't mean you're good at it. I mean, you're creating content. It doesn't mean you're a quality creator. I mean, it's just like you've got people that play sports all over the country. They can say, I play baseball. Well, it doesn't mean they're a great baseball player. They just, that's what they do. That's what they are doing. Okay, this feels like, old man gripey to well, me. Well, look, I mean, you know who I am. David has an excellent point here. Creator equals take it or leave it. Influence influencer makes an impact. I get hard to disagree with that. Yeah. I don't. Kristen, let me let me say uh, if we were going two out of three weeks, uh, apologizing to you. Oh, here uh, we go. If, if you fancy yourself a creator, and that's that's totally fine. And I'm sorry if I'd be saying uh, creator. I would view you more as an influencer. And and dare I say, what is better than both of those is an actual expert is which is what you are. And I think that's where I, I, I am sort of like. Uh, creators say i'm like i don't really care what creators say i do care what experts say i would uh i would rather be a creator than an influencer but i would like to think that yes i am a personal finance expert by definition you are a expert is above influencer well yeah but i don't know if that's how other people would describe me it's not my job to tell them what they think those words mean Game recognized game also uh, from where I grew up. Oh Dame, what's the hierarchy? Creator, influencer, expert, or are we talking like apples and zebras here? I, I think you've got it in the right order if we're going to try and put them in a hierarchy. But I, an expert doesn't mean that they're going to be more influential than an influencer. An expert could be a really bad creator. True. Look at half the half the stuff that gets millions of views on on social media. They they are arguably influencers, but they don't know what they're talking about. But they may have more influence than an expert. 
I don't know. I've stopped watching trials on YouTube right now. I haven't. Yeah, that was, I haven't. That was quick. It was just a. It was sort of a trial period. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, Chris notes: Yes, experts are most definitely well above influencers, but Dame is correct. Most people are more swayed by influencers. Dame, are you going to be funny on the show next week? I don't know. I this this one was completely spur of the moment. I hadn't. Uh, Another a hat trick. It was wonderful. That's true. Uh, another. If you go one more week of being funny, you are officially Dame Chappelle on the show. Oh. Dame Chappelle. <laughs> An upgrade from some of his from Crocodile Dame D, I believe. Was That's there. one of the best. <laughs> uh, I like uh, the Dame Matthews band. Uh, Dame Ramsey is also good. Uh, Jim Jim Damer. Jim Damer was a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <clears throat> okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Dame Bautista. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, lost okay. me. Well, three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right? I think there was a lot of letters there. Right here on the Pete the Planner show is pulling it up. So everyone just calm down. Uh, the whole ham on. That's right. The whole ham on. It is a leg of ham, Spanish ham to be more specific. And it can be yours. The Mercado famous whole ham. A charcuterie is a must on the holiday table. Take the basic board to the next level with the Mercado famous whole ham on leg. Considered the most prestigious ham in the world. The leg is from a free-range, grain-fed, 100% Serrano pig and has been cured for 24 months. Time out. Granted. Oddly enough, if the animal had been cured, it wouldn't be dead. It would. There we go. There we go. Uh, It's best carved on a ham holder. Time out. (laughs) Ham holder. (laughs) That's news to me, by the way. Ham holder. Kristen. Uh, Yes. I thought that's what this was going to be about, was the ham holder. Further of elevating the presentation and serves up to 40 guests. For the best experience, pair it with manchego cheese and a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon. It's 15 pounds. Uh, what does 15 pounds, uh, bone in, of course, because <laughs> it's a leg, <laughs> of Mercado Spanish ham cost? Uh, and, and to Andy's point, who's joining us on the live stream, uh, this is not a waste of money. If anyone wants to give me this as a gift, feel free, and I'll put it on my ham holder. Kristen, what does this cost? 24 months aged. Yes. I don't know how old the pig was before it was disposed of, but mm. once it was, it sat there festering for 24 months. Oh, my. Um, it is... $400. Dame? Does it get its own seat on the plane across the ocean? That's a good point. Uh, uh, the thing oh, is, it, yeah. would def- it would definitely hog the armrest. I didn't take that into consideration. Uh, My guess I, is like, I heard it. I heard it. It would hog chose, the armrest. I chose Christian to just blew right by it. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to go with $1,200. It's three hundred dollars. I don't want to talk about this oh. anymore. <laughs> How can you reasonable? Hog the armrest. I, whatever. Dane, what's in the news? 
I didn't 14. start the time on the segment here. I have no idea where we are. Did uh, either of you start? Yeah, you're at 246. All right, thanks. Go. 14%. That's the decrease in the number of restaurants offering steak as a main dish over the past 10 years. Why, you're asking? Steak is delicious. Well, wholesale beef prices were up more than 13% in 2023 and could climb an additional 7% in 2024 as beef production continues to drop. Diners want steakhouse vibes, but not the big checks as dinners at high-end restaurants can easily top $100 a person. That change has moved steakhouses. No. No? Okay. To include more fish, pasta, and vegan options. <laughs> the exhale. <laughs> uh, it's. I mean, that goes against the $400 steak we were talking about last week, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kristen said it the other day. She was like, I don't really order steak at restaurants because we have good beef. And if we're going to make steak, we'll make it at home, right? Right. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. But is the takeaway of the article that people, that is the t that they're not willing to pay the prices at a restaurant? So what Pete and I said is what other people are saying. No, Kristen, the takeaway of the article was a chance for me to go move. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was basically why I read the whole thing. What else is in there? <laughs> <laughs> Walmart already has huge U.S. footprint, but the retail giant sees room to get even bigger. The company plans to build or convert 150 large format stores over the next five years. Some locations will be expanded from smaller locations into a super center with full range of groceries and merchandise, but the majority will be new stores. Guessing game time, kids. Oh, I'm no. The company already has more than this many stores across the country. How many Walmarts in oh, the United States? Great America? question. How many did you say they're adding? Uh, 150. Uh, either either creating or expanding. 150. 150 Walmarts. Okay. I don't know. I got it. I got it. I got it. This is great radio. Okay, go ahead. 2,400. That's no. a guess. Kristen? No way. Are there double that? The company already has more than 4,600 stores across the country and nearly 600 Sam's Club warehouses. Sam's is also an expansion with plans to open more than 30 new stores. Big box retailer is the largest private employer in the U.S. with about, should we go for round two of guessing game to try and let you redeem yourself, Peter? I've got no chance. What is it? 1.6 million employees. Would I miss that one? Um, rank your box stores. And I think the ones we'll go with are uh, Walmart, Target, and Meyer. Do you guys want to add anything to that in, in our lives? HEB. I've no, never seen one of those. One of those. Oh, bummer. Okay. So those three, do we want to add any? That's fine. Let's not add Costco. It's not fair. Rank them in terms of how you roll. Um, three is target okay two is walmart one is meyer oh interesting um i i would say walmart only because it's the one that is the most convenient to me there are myers kind of close by walmart and then target uh meyer then target yeah target meyer walmart for me but again it's it's almost just proximity and you are in carmel and i am in carmel what else is in the news? 
Most investors were expecting the Federal Reserve to finally start cutting interest rates at its next meeting in March, but after its latest meeting this week, Jerome Powell splashed cold water on that idea. Speaking during a press conference, Jay Powell explained that he doesn't think it's likely that the Fed will have reached a, quote, level of confidence that inflation has come down enough to start slashing rates that soon. However, he at least said cuts will be likely coming this time, sometime this summer, this year, summer, who knows? <laughs> uh, the Fed is always playing with fire. I mean, that is the nature of what they do. They are f- fire. I just I just realized I have that picture of the ham in place of Kristen's face. Let me switch that out. There we go. Awesome. Um, I, uh, they're always playing with fire. I think if they delay too much on lowering interest rates, there's a huge, huge, huge multi-year impact to that. I, I know that's what they're trying to account for. I feel like they just got, they got to come down, right? No, they, am I crazy? They, they will. They'll come down by the summer. First cut will come down by the summer. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? A quarter point? Probably. They're not going <laughs> to They're not going to rush into it. The economist of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, who is the economist of the show? Damien. Yeah, that's oh. what my degree is in. His degree oh. is in econ. I, my, my degree is in liberal arts. <laughs> Beautiful. I have a liberal, but you know what, though? I am Mr. Liberal Arts. I, you know, I know a little bit about Turkish apricots, mm, a, little bit, a little bit about poultry. Uh, one more story, Dan. The benefits of remote workers, uh, they are many. There's no commute. There's cheaper lunches. Fewer conversations with coworkers about their fantasy teams. That's a big one. But they appear to come at a cost. People who worked five days a week at home were 35% more likely to be laid off last year compared to employees who made appearances in the office, according to employment data provider Live Data Technologies. Experts attribute the trend to lack of personal connection with managers who tend to cut remote workers first when payrolls are trimmed. This is no surprise. So it's good to chat with both of you today, my <laughs> rem- remote workers. Oh, How no. are you? I feel nervous. Oh, no, it's all right. Uh, well, this is a fun little show, fun little ditty. Yeah? Yeah, hey, oh, yeah. By my measure, I've got 35 seconds left. Give or take. Okay, yeah, 35 <laughs> seconds. Thank you. Uh, Kristen, big plans this weekend? Not a one. Dame? Uh, no. Soccer tournament and competition cheer for me. Hey. So, oh, buddy. All right. Um, if you want to email us, please do ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. It's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Uh, we will answer your show uh, questions on the show. I might email you back and by might, 0% chance of that. But this is a long-winded way of saying I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. What I actually hit there. 942. Oh, I went over. I'm going to get a little less Johnny Cougar. They'll deal with it. Uh, Eric, you need to watch your mouth. Uh, you are very liberal arts. That's why you're a creator. <laughs> I, I am not a creator. I mean, Kristen, at this point, I really don't, other than the, all the content I create, I don't really create any content. That's literally what we did yesterday. <laughs> no, but I would say uh, uh, being a an actual writer and doing an actual show, I mean, isn't con I'm not putting out a 16 second. Hey y'all, when you go and you buy nuts in bulk, be sure to look for this number on the price. Like I don't do that. You are arguably closer to Pete, the creator these days than Pete, the planner. That is true. Chris and I talked about that dinner. We did talk about that. 
But I just think that you're kind of jaded in your view of the of words create. Well, <laughs> you said it of creator and influencer. I'm not, I'm, I'm actually team influencer now. I think that that's wrong. I can't. Well, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and you're probably right. That, that's, uh, I, I'm, I am no longer believe that my opinions are correct. They are just my opinions, right? Like I actually don't believe that they are right. It's just what I believe. Uh, what word will come next after creator? Like what's going to be just a further deterioration of expertise? What's, what's coming next? <laughs> I'm a talker. I'm a, Oh, this is my favorite talker. What is it? What's it going to be? I don't know. Rick Swink says we need to someone to edit clips of the show and post it to the YouTube channel. Maybe, maybe here's what I don't need. Uh, the small number of views festering in my brain, making me feel further inadequate. Uh, if you want to see a version of the news with video and B-roll, uh, head to LinkedIn and you can catch uh, a version of me doing the news on uh, the uh, Your Money Line page, I believe. I mean, from, from your mouth to God's ears, the creator, <laughs> the one true creator. That's out there. <laughs> uh, okay. I got to go. Sorry, Jeremiah. Um, all right, everybody, just, you know, stay getting money.